It's been two days since I got the call from Burnt Cabins. I really don't know how long I stood there on the street. I don't remember getting on the train or stumbling into the Philly Bean. But I do remember Ronnie, my boss, infusing a house Peruvian with Colombian cold drip while I stood blank as a summer chalkboard. She sat me down and gently began to help me plan. I hadn't cried yet. I don't know why. I guess I just couldn't believe it was real. But when the waterworks opened up, I trembled like I was eight years old again. I felt abandoned. Like I did the day Uncle George explained to me what a hero my father was. And all that really meant was that I'd never see him again. After I got myself together, I hugged Ronnie and then drove my wicked beater through the night. It's an immortal Honda with a skull and crossbones spray painted on the roof and God love him. It always made Uncle George smile. Now here I am, in the parking lot of the Fulton County Coroner's office, waiting to follow a car to my uncle's van. It's cold and raining, got a big envelope in my lap. I just identified the body. It was Uncle George, and people say stupid shit like he looked at peace, but he did. It's been ruled a suicide. He was alone, locked inside his van, stone sober, and shot himself. He left a note to me. I wish I had recorded the last 24 hours, but when I got the word, my world went gray. Reporter mode clicked off. My uncle was dead, and the memories of my dad that he carried with him, gone. It's fucked up. You get a few minutes feeling on top of the world and here comes that cold wind every single time. That's why there's even such a thing as punk rock. But here's the truth. That cold wind had already been blowing. I just couldn't feel it yet. George had come to tell me. He was just another tree blown down by it. When they showed me the note, it woke me up. Told me never, ever, ever again to quit being a reporter in the heat of a story. I hope this isn't baptism by fire, but I'm starting to think that it is. So from now on, this recorder is going to be running day and night. Whatever is going on, I'm gonna figure it out. And I'm gonna have proof of all of it. And for the record, here's the note. Kid, don't go. I got in too deep and the devil never tells you the price of the deal. They never quit following. They, they always find, find a way, way to, get to get in. But it's okay. I'm taking, taking the win. It's over. Leave it alone. Have a good life. Know you're the best of us all. Your loving uncle, Captain George Edward Lash. 30 years, NYPD troop leader. And that's all he wrote. Here comes the car I'm supposed to follow. And it's the deputy I like. He'd actually heard of me. A punk rock fan in rural PA? You'd never guess it. If you're just jumping in, here's what you absolutely need to know. I was a punk rock reporter. Then my paper shuttered and I was getting by as a barista. When my cop uncle drifted into Philly with a story no one in New York would touch. Six days later, I'd just scratched up some funding when I was floored with the news that my uncle had been found dead. But really? Why would you start here? Go back and listen from the beginning. And if you don't, well, welcome to episode two of my podcast. I'm Rebecca Lash, and you're listening to The Weird. Well, 
here it is. The keys were in it. It's at idling for hours, so we put some diesel in it for you. Did one of your band buddies do the decorating for him? That's a strange question. Not really. What the hells? Yeah, this is what threw us off at first. But you say that was his handwriting in the note, and the coroner ruled the wound self-inflicted. At that moment, I was peering into Uncle George's van. It looked the same as when I'd stepped into it six days before, except that every surface, the roof, sides, back doors, all had a circle with a star in the middle scrawled on them in black spray paint. The Seal of Solomon. I had looked the symbol up on my phone with Uncle George while he sat in the captain's seat more stressed than I had ever seen him. But this had just taken a step past surreal. Had he really started to believe in demons? I felt my heart pounding. My Uncle George was stressed, but not at all crazy when I saw him. And if this wasn't an act of crazy, it scared me. I didn't want to show it, so I sat down in one of the folding chairs and shook my head in disbelief. We found the spray can slung under the driver's seat, and there was black paint on the tip of his trigger finger. I have to ask you why you think he did all this. You don't seem that surprised. And you haven't asked me what the symbol is. Seen it before? Last case he was a part of got into his head. Thanks for cleaning his van for me. We didn't clean it at all. Do you even want to hear this? He laid there on the floor, uh, shot himself right up under the sternum, and then shoved his pencil in to seal the entry wound. Couldn't have been more than a second or two before he was out. If you don't mind me saying, his mind wasn't right. But he must have been one tough son of a buck. Wish he'd called us for help. I do too. I'd be willing to drive her back to Philly or wherever in New York if you'd like. I don't have anywhere to park it. Maybe at his house? I need to get back there and... I understand. What'll they charge me to leave it here for a while? Not a dime. Your uncle was blue and your family. Whatever we can do to help, just let me know. Okay, let's stop right there. I live in Philly. I'm not used to that kind of nice. So I just stared at him like Courtney Love on China White. And now I feel a little bad because I'm pretty sure Deputy Dawson was hitting on me. And yes, the timing was far from ideal, but by any measure, a cop who was a closet punk rock fan, he should have checked all my boxes. Oh well, that's life. Timing is everything. And while I was staring through him with dead eyes, I was actually wondering what my uncle thought he bought from the devil. None of the deputies asked anything about what Uncle George wrote in the note, and weren't terribly curious about the symbol he'd scrawled on his van walls. They just figured he'd cracked, and it all meant nothing. But I had the tapes. Something real and weird happened among law enforcement in New York. And somehow, it had become personal for my Uncle George. Driving home, my mind was swirling. There was so much that didn't make sense. George's note said, they always find a way to get in. And yet there was no sign of anyone trying to get in the van. And why the symbols and spray paint? All that did look crazy. But then when he shot himself, he stuck a pencil in the hole to keep blood from making a mess in the van. That's an act of a very deliberate man. And that was the Uncle George I knew, calculating, 
than deliberate. He wrote in his note that it was okay, that he'd won. And somehow, I believed him. But in that letter, he also told me not to go. And if there was anything anyone in my family knew about me, it was that if you told me not to do something, that would pretty much guarantee it's the exact next thing I do. There was something I was missing, and it was chewing on me like a bad earworm. The phone rang before I could figure it out. Hi, this is Rebecca Lash. Miss Lash. Hi, my name is Carmen Gomez. I'm an attorney, and I've been notified that your Uncle George Lash has passed. Let me start by saying that I'm sorry for your loss. Thank you. Your uncle recently hired me to organize his estate. Is this a good time to talk? Uh, yeah, I'm driving, so... Yeah. But I have to warn you, I don't... I don't know anything at all about what to do next. No one ever does. I know it's a difficult time, but in this case, there really isn't much to do. He created a trust, and his funeral arrangements are already provided for. He made his own funeral arrangements? It'll be a police service. He had a lot of accrued vacation time, so it turns out that he didn't officially retire until next week. Oh, so what? I don't think I understand why you're calling me. The trust conveys to you upon his death. You are the sole inheritor of his estate. You didn't know that? I'm what? No, I didn't know that. Hang on, you said he recently hired you? How recently? I drew up the paperwork less than two weeks ago. Two weeks? Uncle George had put his affairs in order two weeks before he died. That fact removed all doubt from my mind. Uncle George had not cracked. He was into something. He was in deep and he knew it was dangerous. What he had won and how that tied to the greater mystery involving the FBI, Homeland Security, and maybe even demons in Manhattan? I didn't know yet, but after getting that call from his attorney, I was more determined than ever to find out. I stopped in Philly just long enough to pack two suitcases and charge all my device batteries. So I'm recording this from the train again. Last time it felt foreboding, and I guess it was. This time it just feels lonely. There's nothing new about that to me. I've been pretty good at shoving people away for like, forever. It's way late, so there's only one other person at the back of the car. He's minding his own business and not creepy, but I didn't take any chances. I ratted my hair out hella and I'm wearing a pair of old docks and dicky jeans that I bought from an artist who was into applying oil paint with a torch. You put those with a suicidal tendency sweatshirt that's had more coffee spilled on it than the train floor, and I basically look like I haven't bathed in a week. Like I said, I know how to be left alone. I didn't include Manhattan hotel rates when I tapped Judy for my tiny budget, so I would have been spending my life on this train. But Uncle George's keychain was in the envelope with his effects, and the lawyer said his place in Queens now belongs to me. So I guess for now at least, it's off the market. I suppose I should call the number on the sign in the yard to let them know before I throw it in the trash. You got a ticket for me, darling?
It's been a long night. Two train rides and now I'm on the Eda Queens. It's local this time of night, so it's making every stop. I should have sprung for a lift. The good news is the trains have Wi-Fi and I was able to do a bit of research. The Seal of Solomon is ancient and it's never really left pop culture. From the 17th century Medici merchants to 80s metal bands, it's been a talisman of people who want to suggest connection to the unseen. It's basically a Star of David with a circle around it. The original was supposed to have been on a ring cast in brass with gemstone and was literally a gift to the Hebrew King Solomon from God Almighty himself. And listen, the one ring in Lord of the Rings has nothing on this thing. Solomon could supposedly control hordes of demons with this ring. So what's a demon to do? Well, one of them stole it and tossed it in the ocean, but a fish ate it. That fish was caught by a fisherman and voila, Solomon sits down to eat one night, cuts his fish open and here's his ring again. God's version of find my phone. Fast forward 3,000 years and a group of religious loonies, as my uncle called them, surround a building with the very same symbol scrawled on anything they could find while a bloody fight between federal officers raged inside. Why? That's what I'm trying to find out. But right now, I'm looking at a good reason to believe every word my uncle said. As I sit here in a subway car at one in the morning, I'm looking at the very same symbol I saw inside his van, sprayed on the doors of this subway car. Graffiti, at its core, is the first draft of any city's written history. And knowing that, this little apparition really has my skin crawling. Georgie, you miss us already? Hi, um, this is Rebecca. I'm calling from my uncle's phone. Rebecca? Sorry, uh, I'm not... His niece. I live in Philly. Oh, crap, yes. Rebecca, the reporter. The punker? Yes, yeah, sorry, you, uh, you caught me off guard. Oh, shit. What was that? You haven't heard. Heard what? Oh, see, Jimmy, I know I'm doing this all wrong. Uncle George is dead. No. No, he just retired. I... I don't know where you got your information. Is he standing there? Is this some kind of joke? No, sir. It's not. I'm at his house in Queens. And it sucks. Because I know he's never coming back. I picked up his effects yesterday. I thought the department had already been notified. Are you there? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm just... Uh... I know. I was the same way. Can we meet somewhere and talk? Beer okay? It's all draft. Rusty drips. I don't know if they have that. <laughs> oh. No, sorry. That's the band. Whatever's fine. A couple of harps. You ever been here? It's uh, one of Georgie's places. No, I don't think so. He was sitting right where you are last time I saw him. I made a call on the way, so I know what happened. I didn't want you to have to tell me. Thanks for that. 
Two hearts. You putting it on your tab? Yeah. Yeah, thanks. To your uncle and my friend, Uncle Captain Georgie Lash. Alive in our hearts. Alive in our hearts. You know, he talked about you. He come in with your columns sometimes and make them play whoever you were writing about. Seriously? Yeah. He even likes some of it. Fuck him. He never called and said anything. Yeah. Yeah. He was like that. Hard old dude. Train after the cops, I know. You better buckle up. It's gonna be a big funeral. Is it safe to talk here? Yeah. It's his go-to spot. <sighs> Damn it, Georgie. You want to know about the weird. Is that what he called it? He told me some people did. He should have never got involved. How's that? A bunch of guys got shot in the street? It got covered up? Is that what he told you? Why'd you call me? They hand you an envelope. His phone was in it. I guessed if it was last name only. It was a cop. You guys talked a lot, especially in the last few weeks, but no voicemails. And all your texts just said, call me. That has me thinking you were close. And probably, you were working on something people didn't want you working on. You do a lot of thinking. So, you got his little notebook? Wasn't much in it. Was my name in it? Nope. Okay. So, George gave you one last gift. A story. What's your angle? I don't know yet. The truth? Oh. You don't want that. Do you know it? No, I don't. But I have a caseload. This wasn't on it. Or anyone else's for that matter. Demons. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Probably just the personal kind. But it's a good angle. Look, you need to start down at the port. I didn't talk to George about this that much, but... So what were you working with? Huh? You said you wanted to know about the weird. So, the port. Listen, there's been a lot of rumor. Something about a cleric and a container. That kind of shit gets people worked up. And there was bad blood between a couple of the guys that were on that call to the port. It's fed shit. That's why George shouldn't have gotten involved with it. No other reason. What was Uncle George running from? He wasn't running from anything but himself. I got this note. He wrote it right before. I'd rather not see it. Hey! Crawford! Your wife just walked in! <laughs> Knock it off! Show a little respect! <laughs> Sorry. You know about the symbols he painted inside the van? Nobody said anything about that. It was the... I I've got a good guess. Okay. Look. Your uncle was my friend. He trained me. He helped me move up. You need to start at the port. Focus on the feds. Don't follow in your uncle's footsteps. Uh, that won't get us anywhere. Us? We... Anywhere? Rebecca, work the story he gave you. Don't follow in his steps. As I was considering those last words, phones started chiming all over the bar. One of the cops that was laughing only a minute ago walked over with a somber look and showed Detective Crawford his phone screen. The word about Uncle George had ripped through the department in only a couple of minutes. Crawford gave me a questioning look and I nodded that it was okay for him to tell them who I was. The next minute, I was surrounded. 
Tables filled with food, and my glass was never allowed to get half empty. The place was packed within the hour. Young cops, old cops, spouses of cops, it became Uncle George's awake. What a shame he couldn't be there. I heard story after story, even one or two about my dad. And as the night wound down, they sang, we sang, and swayed. So many punk tunes come from these old Irish songs, so I knew a lot of the words. But even with all of that, I never quit working. And when I got a moment here or there to ask about this thing they called the weird, they'd say, oh, that's all over, or pretend they hadn't heard about it at all. Then in the wee hours, as I waited all alone on the subway platform, a face I recognized came and sat on the bench next to me. She'd been at the bar. She didn't mind me recording, as long as I didn't use her name. Some of them said you are a reporter. That's all I heard, but I could tell by a few reactions what you were asking. It was kind of a conversation killer. For lots of good reasons. I'm gonna guess someone told you it all started at the port. That's pretty common knowledge. Do you know what happened there? I wasn't there at the beginning, but I caught the end. The office tower? Yeah. I saw your uncle there. I didn't know him well. I only tonight heard he'd been snooping around. So, the tower. What do you know about that? A little. I know it involved federal agents, and that Marine One was supposed to land there. I heard it got bloody. Some strange stuff was happening outside. Bloody? Twenty or more bodies came out of there. I heard one had a head cut off. Are you religious? Not really. You better get to be if you're gonna mess with this. So, you know the tower didn't start at the tower. There was a shootout in the street an hour or two earlier. I wasn't there either, but I think I know what it was about. You see, my whole family is law enforcement. A lot of us anyway. So, the Federal Reserve Bank where they keep all the gold? That's not you. You're gonna need the E-Local. It takes a while this time of night. For sure. Before I say anything, are you committed to this? I'm listening. I have an auntie. Was a guard at the vault. 20-year veteran. That's what the shootout in the street was about. Something happened at that vault. A hole the size of a car was cut through the door. Smooth, she said, like river rock. A dozen guards were dead on the path end, and that was the very same night of the business at the port. The head of the Federal Reserve showed up with Homeland, and they were saying the vault was empty, robbed. Was it? She said there was no damn way that vault was robbed. Impossible that they could have moved any gold out. She was sitting on the cam. She would have seen it if they did. She told me that in all those homeland agents, she saw one guy who wasn't buying it. She looked at him, he looked at her, and they knew they were of the same mind. He slipped her his card. I was sitting with her in her home an hour later. You remember the name on the card? I have it right here. John Gaines. You've heard that name before? I have. My uncle says he disappeared. Thought maybe he's dead. I would know. 
but my auntie took a chance. She broke a direct order and texted him an address, a remote server room where the backup video files would be. If she could get in, she was going to give him the surveillance footage that showed what they were saying just wasn't so. What happened to the originals? The big dogs lock them down, wouldn't even let her back into the room. Did she get the backups to Gaines? I don't know, honey. That night was the last time I saw my auntie alive. Oh. I'm so sorry to hear that. No. No. This is your uncle's night. My auntie has already been buried. We got her body back after all the stuff at the tower went down. Reports said she was killed by a hit-and-run driver. But I'm telling you, that ain't true either. What do you think happened? Did you know these demons people talk about are supposedly Arabic demons? No. You look into it. They took the hide off of her. Every guard died in that vault. It was the same thing. The look on my auntie's dead face. Pure terror. Pure terror. And her right hand. It was cut off. You look into it. That means something. Then you go and talk to this woman. Can you read my writing? You have beautiful writing. Thank you. Tell her I sent you. And then, after you talk to her, you tell me you don't need to go and find some religion. <laughs>